This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, August 24th, 2014. Connection World Amusement Park, the water park. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My my name is Lori Brown, and I'm the pastor of spiritual formation here at Connection and a sinner who's been saved by God's grace. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, wow, we just thank you for today that we can come together as a body and worship and laugh and sit down and relax and soak you in, Lord. Um, Lord, I ask that you would be with each one of us. Meet us where we're at today. Lord, we pray that you would um, hear the concerns of our heart and that you would let us uh, just let this hour be a time where we can feel your love and we can be changed and transformed by your worship and your message. In Jesus' name, amen. So welcome to week two of Connection World Amusement Park. Yeah, woohoo! So last week, Alan as Alan and Carrie said, you know, during August, we like to do a fun series. So this is it. You know, we're at the water park and uh, today, and we're going to look at kind of how that correlates or relates to our life as Christ followers. And today, as you all know, where are we at? We are at the water park. That's right. So the water park, it is one of my most absolute favorite types of amusement parks to visit. I love being in the water. Does anybody else? All right, yeah, okay. So one of my favorite water parks to visit is Disney's Blizzard Beach. Now, I don't know if anybody's been there, but one of the first thing Dave and I, that we love to do when we get there, I mean, it's really what I love to do, right? (laughs) When we arrive, we like to relax on that cross-country creek, like you saw it doing those quiet times. You know, you just grab a tube, and you get in the water and you just kind of float around the lazy river that goes around the entire park. It is so refreshing, so refreshing. The water's like, it's only two and a half to three feet deep. And it's literally a time to kind of just let your cares float away as you enjoy a break from the rest of the world. So does anybody want to go there? All right, all right. Well, for today, I know it might be a stretch for some of us, but let's imagine we're like really there right now, okay? Minus the water, but we could change that for you folks who are close here to the splash zone. (laughs) Yes, well, I don't have my water gun, so I think you're safe. But I kind of equate this relaxed river ride around the park to Sunday morning worship, right? Because Sunday mornings, what do we do? It's a place where we come together with family, with friends, and others who have come to get refreshed, right? We want to sit, we want to relax, and we want to soak in the sun, God's love. We want to let go of all the cares of the world as we sit here for an hour and be changed and transformed by God's love for us. So pretty simple, right? So when Dave and I are at the water park, Here's what we do. We usually typically float around that lazy river a couple times because it feels so good. It feels so good. And when we circle around, Dave will ask, are we ready to get out yet? And I'll say, one more time, one more time, because it feels so good. I don't want to get out. I could just stay there all day, right? But let's just imagine for a moment, like if that's what we really did. We just stayed there all day long. All we could say is that we went around the park. 
right? Not to mention, we get pretty shriveled up, because that's what happens when you stay in the water too long, right? Don't you get shriveled up? Well, here's the thing. If Sunday morning is all we do, like if this is it, this one hour during the day, we will get shriveled up. We will get shriveled up, not literally, but spiritually, we'll shrivel up. So luckily, Dave and I, after a few times around, we actually do get out and we begin to explore the rest of the park. Now, Disney's creators of Blizzard Beach, they know that if you don't enjoy, if you don't get out and see the rest of the park, they know that you're gonna be in wonder, like, is this all it is, right? Isn't there more to it than this? Um, so that's why they have strategically placed these signs around the river that point you to other attractions in the park. Things like Team Boat Springs or Summit Plummet or the Slusher Gusher or the Ski Patrol Training Camp for Youth or Tykes Peaks for the really little ones. So one question that we have for us today is what if we strategically place signs around the church to encourage everyone to fully experience life in God? What would the signs say? Well, the first one would say, read the Bible. Not just read the Bible, but reflect on what it's saying during the week. And here's why it's so important. Research from the American Bible Society and the Willow Creek Association, they show two really important facts about the Bible. The first one is that reflection on scripture, reading and meditating on God's word is the most powerful spiritual practice to help move people forward in their love for God and others. So I just wanna say that again, because it is reading the Bible is the most powerful spiritual practice you can do outside of Sunday morning to grow in your relationship with God. Now here's fact number two. So fact number two is 40% of churchgoers do not open the Bible outside of church. Wow, that's pretty um, startling to me. So the number one spiritual practice outside of worship to help people grow is reading the Bible and reflecting on what it says, and close to half of us do not open our Bibles during the week according to this statistic. Now, we let, while we let these facts soak in a little, let's take a moment and see what the Bible says. So I found three great scriptures that talk about the benefits of reading God's word, and I know that there are more than these three, but the first one comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. It's not people-breathed. It's like God-breathed like the Holy Spirit working through believers that were writing through the power of the Holy Spirit, God-breathed words, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, so you and me, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So reading the Bible helps equip us for our day and the week ahead. And it's always amazing to me, I don't know if this has happened to you, but how many times, like what I might read in the morning or earlier in the week, like it really helps me as I encounter different situations. 
You know, I had somebody come in on Tuesday um, who had a tough meeting, and they told me, they were like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. They brought their smartphone out, they pulled up the devotion for that day, they read what the devotion was, and they were like, this is exactly what I needed for this meeting that I had earlier in the evening. And it was, they were so excited that God spoke to them before they had this meeting. So then here's another great scripture from verse 1, Psalm 119. Now let's say this one together. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. I love this one because there are times in our life and during the week when we, I don't know about you, but sometimes we feel like we're just kind of, kind of, um, full, you know, looking, I don't know why I'm getting so tongue twice. Tongue, <laughs> Okay, so there's times during the week, right, when we feel like we're in the dark. So God's light, God's word is a light for our path. It illuminates the way. So when we take time to read every day, it's literally like consuming a spiritual meal. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, that man shall not live on bread alone, say the rest of me, with me, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yeah, so we need to take care of ourselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so we need more than just food for our bodies, right? We need food for our souls. And the question is, is are you eating a balanced diet? Are you getting both? Because if we're not reading and meditating on God's word regularly, it's like we're starving ourselves spiritually. I don't know if you've ever felt like you were starved spiritually, but this is true for too many of us and therefore should be alarming to all of us, because what are we? We are the community of faith. We are the body of Christ, right? And if one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. If one part of the body is spiritually hunger, that affects us all. So then what's the solution? Well, here's a couple of practical tips for everyone. We need to ask ourselves, where is a place? Where is a place where we can tune out the world for a few moments and reflect and read on scripture? Where is the comfortable spot where the distractions are minimal? For some of us, it'll be the bathroom. And I just say that because I know when I had, my kids were little, like the bathroom was the only place to hide. For others, it might be a chair. And for others, it might be even in the car, you know, before you get to work, or it might be at lunchtime. I don't know what it is for you, but the thing is, is where is that comfortable spot where you can tune out the distractions and tune into God? So then maybe we think, okay, well, we have a comfortable spot, or we can find a com comfortable spot, or we can make one. If you don't have one, make one. Then the next thing is the time. Where's the time going to come from? So we need to ask ourselves, what are we willing to give up to feed ourselves spiritually during the week? What are we willing to give up? Maybe it's getting up 15 minutes earlier, or we use our break time at work, or we hide away for a few minutes during the day. Maybe we find some time after the kids have gone to bed. I don't know what it is, but the important thing is to find some time. 
Maybe we spend less time in front of the TV or the computer. You know, that might free up just a little bit of time. Because the time investment is really worth it. We have to ask ourselves, what are we putting into us, you know, through the TV and other vehicles? Like, are we getting spiritual food outside of Sunday morning? So after we find our comfortable spot and the time, we might be unsure where to start. And here's the awesome thing. In the age of technology, there are so many great resources. Um, we have a couple out here uh, at guest services. We have a daily bread that has you know, a scripture reading, and then it actually gives you a reflection. So it already gives you somebody else's thoughts that you can start the process of learning how to reflect on scripture. We also have a couple reading plans out there that you know, we think are good plans to help you learn how to start to engage with the Bible. Um, they're at guest services too. We hope you check them out. And then back to the smartphones. I mean, the Bible, you can get Bible and devotions and scripture on your phone. If you need help, please let us know. Please let us know because this is really important. So another sign at Connection World Water Park that points us in the direction of living a God-centered life would say, join a small group. Now, I don't know about you, but I have been a loner for most of my life. I don't know how many of you out there feel like you've been loners, but it doesn't take much, at least it didn't take much for me. All we have to do is put ourselves out there a couple times and get burnt. Like, sometimes it's dangerous. You know, when you put yourself out there and then you get somebody says something that hurts you or you feel like you're not heard, I mean, all these, it gets, it's risky. So it can be hard connecting with others, especially connecting with people in deep and meaningful ways. It can be hard to let people in, and yet we all have, we, every single one of us, we have this innate desire to belong. We will go to extreme lengths to get this filled, and it's usually not in good ways. And that's been a part of my history. As a result of that, I've had many hours of one-on-one -on -one counseling, right, to talk about the, the hurts in my past, to talk about the things that I've done to fill that void. So in my early 20s, I started to attend a support, support group called Al-Anon, which is for the friends and families of alcoholics. This was my first group experience. Now what I noticed in these meetings is that just by being in the group, just by hearing what other people, their experience and strength that they're sharing to other people who are dealing or have loved ones with alcoholism, I started to grow. I didn't even have to say anything. It was just listening, and I was growing. And when I started sharing, I started to grow even more. And the thing that I noticed is that my growth became exponential when I was in a group setting compared to the individual counseling. Um, now, you know, I believe that both are important. Individual settings and group settings, they are both important. But there's something powerful about a group that we cannot get out of individual counseling or individual time with God. There's something that we cannot get that a group offers. So here's the thing, right? On Sunday mornings, what do we do? We come in 
And look, we're all sitting in rows, right? So being in a small group, it's about moving the chairs into circles. And that's exactly what Jesus did with his disciples. After teaching in the crowds, Jesus and the disciples, they would circle up and they would talk to each other. Like what, did, like, what did that mean, Jesus? They would talk to each other, help explain what you, know, what you meant. And that's kind of what we do in small groups. You know, we circle up and we talk about the things of faith. We talk about the things that are going on in our life. And it's really, like I said, it's really important. So if we look at the Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 Verse 11 tells us, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. And that's what we do in small groups. We are supposed to encourage each other. Again, we're not these lone rangers. We want to encourage each other. And in the church at Thessalonica, he says, just in as in fact as you are doing. And I know a lot of you are doing that. A lot of you are already circled up. So a connection, we believe that being part of a small group is vital to our faith journey. They are for everyone. It doesn't matter where you are in your faith, whether you're exploring faith or you've been walking with the Lord for a really long time. They're for everyday people. This is what I like to say. Everyday people like you and me trying to grow spiritually, trying to grow into the people God created you to be and God created me to be. And we would love everyone, every single person at Connection to be part of a small group. We believe this so much that Alan, Carrie, myself, the staff, and almost all of our leadership team are in small groups. So we're not asking you to do anything we haven't already done. If you're not in the small group, we encourage you to join one. We highly recommend Alpha, which has a small group component, which you heard about earlier, if you haven't already taken Alpha. You know, Alpha is a great way to put your foot in the water, so to speak, to go and get a taste of small group life as you learn more about some of the things of God. And the great thing about the small group experience at Alpha is just like my experience in Al-Anon, you don't have to say anything. If you just want to sit and listen and take it in, I promise you'll grow. But if you do want to talk and join in the discussion, you know, they would love they would love to have you share and contribute. So if you've already taken Alpha, we also have small groups that meet here at the church and in people's homes. We have small groups for high school youth, young adults, men, women, couples, and families. And we even have a small group component in the children's ministry, the garage, the 252. Like after they do their worship and after they do their, you know, their Bible story, they actually circle up and they talk about it at an age-appropriate level. How awesome is that, that our kids are already circling up? So we hope you take the plunge, take the plunge into group life. Now the last directional sign at Connection World Amusement Park to encourage everyone in their journey, their spiritual journey, would be to join a serving team. Now, I'm reminded here of something that I heard at the Willow Creek Leadership Summit that about 28 of us went to a little over a week and a half ago. Uh, there was this comedian, his name's Michael Jr., who's a Christian comedian, and he is hysterical. Look him up online if you want to get 
some good laughs. But here's the gist of a comment that he said that really resonated with me. He said he's no longer trying to get laughs from people. So before he was trying to get laughs, right? He's no longer trying to do that. But instead, what he's trying to do is give people something that makes their heart laugh and smile. Jesus says in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, say it with me, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here's the thing. Jesus came to give his life for us. And we know he literally gave his life for us so that we can have that abundant life that Alan and Carrie spoke about last week. And one of the aspects of this abundant life is learning that it's not about getting, it's about giving. It's about asking, what can I give my church, my family, my school, my workplace, my community, the world? As opposed to asking, what can I get? So many times we have the question backwards. When we give, when we give, that's actually when we get the prize. I don't know if you've ever been trying to get something, but when you actually give, you actually get the prize. And the prize is things like fulfillment, satisfaction, purpose, meaning, eternal life. And it makes me think back to a time in my life, back to one of those loner times in my life. I was working at a corporate bank in an individual job, um, and I went to this leadership training and during the leadership training, what I learned is that I, what I got out of it is I really want to make a difference. I want to make a difference in my life. I, and my life switched from a life of, in that moment, a life of getting to a life of giving. And when I made that decision that that's the way my life was going to go, I'm going to make a difference wherever I am, I discovered that where I was was not where I was supposed to be. I resigned from my job three months later, and I started to figure out, you know, as God's wooing me into the kingdom, I'm not even in the church yet, starting to figure out what God's plan was for me. And I can't imagine, if I had not made that switch, what my life would be like right now, because I don't think I would have made it into the doors of the church. So I am so grateful for those gifts of fulfillment, satisfaction, meaning, purpose, and it's especially the gift of eternal life. And God wants you to experience all that, all of that. So we believe that if we are feeding our spirits during the week by engaging with scripture, you know, taking a chance, becoming part of a small group, joining a serving team, that everything else that you need for your life in God, everything else will grow out of these three core things. Things like our prayer life, our purpose will become clearer, our joy will increase, the broken areas of our life, the broken areas of our life, and I know we all have them, that they will begin to heal. That's why it's so important. But here's the thing, you know what? No matter what you do, if you don't read the Bible during the week or, you know, you don't join a small group or get on a serving team, God loves you no matter what. God loves you no matter what. This is not about a checklist. Like, oh, read the Bible, joined a group, 
God is serving team. This is not about that. Growth in God is a journey. It is a journey, and it's an awesome, abundant journey. Just like, you know, you saw the calm waters, and then what was everybody else doing? They were having fun out there in the water park, and kind of like, you know, we said, there's ups and downs in life. But some of these steps can be really scary. It can be scary to take the risk to join a small group or a serving team. And it's kind of like when we're exploring the water park. So Dave and I, when we are heading up the steps to the Summit Plummet, which is an 120-foot slide where you can actually go like 60 miles an hour, it's crazy. But on the way up, we're like, oh my gosh, I don't know about this. Like, I'm getting way out of my comfort zone. Like, all of a sudden, at, at some points, especially I'm a little afraid of heights, and it's like, oh my gosh, I feel like my heart is going to jump out of my chest. And you get up to the top, and you go down, and you're like, you scream the entire way down, and you're like, oh my gosh, that was so awesome! <laughs> and you enjoy the ride. And that's the same thing, like, with life in God. And here's the thing, right? Some of us are too comfortable. Some of us are too comfortable. It's time to take the plunge. Because if we're going to experience the water park, what's going to happen? We're going to get wet. So we hope you take the plunge and engage in the scripture reading. Make a plan to join a small group. Consider joining a serving team. Take the plunge because this is the good news. And we say around here, let's live it, let's believe it, and let's pray. <laughs> Gracious God, wow, we just thank you that you love, you love us, all of us, so much that you came and gave, a, gave of your very life so that we could experience the abundant life. Lord, I pray that you would meet each one of us where we are, convict us, lead us, guide us to take that next step, whatever it is for each one of us. Lord, we thank you that you gave us the example by coming here in the flesh, being the word of God, and circling up with the disciples that you just gave your life to serve. So help us, Lord, do that so we can experience the fullness of all you offer. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.